Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Thursday, July 6th. 2023 in the Gregorian calendar and the 17th of Tammuz 5783 in the Hebrew calendar. Today we have a lot of news for you and a Torah thought to send you off a little inspired into your weekend. Now let's get to the news. Thousands attended the funeral of an IDF soldier, Sergeant First Class David Yehuda Yitzchak, who was killed during the Janine operation. Jerusalem's Mount Herzl Military Cemetery held the funeral Wednesday for the 23-year-old Sergeant Yitzchak. He came from the Egoz Commando Unit. It's unclear if what killed him was friendly fire or a Palestinian gunman. He was the only Israeli killed during this operation. Moshe Yitzchak, David's father, said he, quote, saw everyone's trouble as if it was his own, end quote, and never boasted about the many awards he received while in the army. Hebrew media published a journal entry from Yitzchak in which he wrote about the importance of not getting bogged down by nonsense and superficial pleasures, just be good without making a big deal about it. That's what he wrote. The IDF is investigating how exactly he was killed. The operation targeted the local wing of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and other armed groups in the city. 13 Palestinians have been killed and more than 100 others were wounded, including 20 who are in serious condition. This happened during Israeli airstrikes and clashes. The IDF is on a mission to eradicate numerous terror cells that are plotting, planning, and executing terror attacks on innocent Israeli civilians. So far, the IDF has been able to demolish weapon storage sites, explosive labs, and war rooms. Soldiers also seized weapons during the operation. Thousands of Janine citizens have fled their homes during this operation. IDF soldiers forced one citizen and his family out of his home and placed snipers on top of it. Thousands of Palestinians have been forced to evacuate their homes in order to keep their families safe and so that they could be used during the operation. Israeli officials deny ordering any evacuations and claim people left by their own accord. After soldiers bombed a section of the refugee camp, a resident told Ynet News his neighborhood was bombed and that all the residents left for fear of running out of food to feed their kids. Several civilians left their doors open with notes offering their food, money, and other necessities that they intend Palestinian gunmen to come in and take advantage of as the IDF comes looking for them. News organizations are posting photos of trap doors and entrances to tunnels from mosques in the city of Janine. The escape passages are meant to help the terrorists move around without being seen. Early Wednesday morning, terrorists from the Gaza Strip launched five rockets towards southern Israel. The rockets triggered alarms in Sterot 
and nearby towns, but the Iron Dome air defense system intercepted the rockets. No injuries were reported. A home in Starot was damaged, however. The rocket attack marks the first such incident since May 14th of this year. The IDF is expected to respond to the rocket attack. Two rockets were fired from southern Lebanon into Israel Thursday, so that's today, leading to return strikes from the Israeli military. The Israeli army did not report any incidents within Israeli territory, but an explosion was confirmed just beyond the border fence and shrapnel was found on the Israeli side of the border. Lebanon State News reported more than 15 Israeli projectiles landed on the outskirts of the Kfar Shuba and Halta villages. The IDF determined that the rockets were, in fact, intentionally fired into Israeli territory and were able to also identify the origin of the attack. Tel Aviv was on fire last night, specifically at the Ayalon Highway in Tel Aviv. Protesters came out in the thousands, lighting things on fire and causing a disturbance. It was in response to the resignation of Tel Aviv Police Chief Amichai Eshed, who says he was, quote, paying the price for refusing to break bones at rallies. Eshed claims his resignation was due to refusing to use disproportionate force against protesters opposing the judicial overhaul. As you may or may not know, there have been weeks and weeks and weeks of protests on Saturday evenings against a judicial overhaul that the right-wing government is trying to push through in order to destabilize or take down the Supreme Court and, and remove some of their power, which they say is, is an overarching power. The largest demonstration occurred on Tel Aviv's Ayalone Highway, where there were a number of clashes between police and protesters blocking traffic. This happened last night. Protesters were dispersed after midnight, and at least one driver plowed through the demonstration, injuring a protester. Similar protests were reported in Jerusalem and various locations across the country, reminding the nation of demonstrations against Defense Minister Yoav Gallant's firing that happened earlier this year. You may or may not remember that. Gallant never actually got fired, and that was due to public outcry because people came out into the streets in the thousands protesting his removal. District Police Commander Amichai Eshel did not show up for the ceremony where he was supposed to be transferred to a low-ranking position or lower-ranking position than the one he had before. Eshel claims the move is politically motivated and aimed at removing him from the force. He cited personal reasons for his absence from this ceremony. Apparently, he had a Brit or a circumcision ceremony that he needed to attend. This is pretty big news. The Israeli border police officer who shot and killed Iyad al-Halak, a Palestinian with special needs in 2020, has been acquitted of all charges by a Jerusalem district court. The officer claimed he believed al-Halak had been holding a suspicious object that looked like a gun. Both the border police commander and the Israel police chief praised the court's ruling and expressed their support for the officer. The border police commander confirmed the officer would be reinstated into the force and would join an upcoming commander's course. The ruling is drawing criticism from opposition lawmakers, with one accusing the court of approving of the murder of Palestinians. Now, let's just say this was a sad story of a man with special needs, a Palestinian man with special needs, 
who was acting strangely in the eyes of officers. Officers believed he was doing so because he was hiding a weapon. And also, the young man did not answer the calls from officers when they were yelling out to him, which also drew their suspicion. They didn't realize that he wasn't answering because he was special needs. They shot him to death on his way to school, only to later uncover that he had actually been in a state of confusion and distress during the entire incident. An unidentified shooter killed two Arab men in northern Israel late Tuesday night. The shooter killed 24-year-old Amin Asla in the northern town of Araba. Hours later, he killed another victim in the Druze town of Yarka. The Abraham Initiative organization says this was the 113th and 114th murder in the Arab community. We're only seven months into the year. The number of murders at this point is 114, and in 2022, there were 115 for the entire year. In a separate incident, one shooter opened gunfire in the northern town of Be'ina and injured several people severely, one of them being a six-year-old girl. These types of murders are being attributed to organized crime, family feuds, and femicides, where family members kill their female relatives. Thank you to all of you for your interest in Israeli affairs. Israeli politics are world politics. I also want to thank all of you who personally finance and fund the Israel Daily News podcast with monthly contributions. I would not be able to financially or emotionally continue without your support. Head over to anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News so that you can send a monthly contribution as well if you want to see us continue our work. And I'm also calling on all interested listeners to join us for the Israel Daily News Roundtable where select listeners are joining me on a monthly basis to talk over the news. This month, I'll have an opportunity for roundtable participants to ask questions to Yaniv Roznai, who is a professor and vice dean at Reichman University in Herzliya, Israel. If you'd like to join us to talk with this professor, please join us. Go to patreon.com backslash Shanafold, and you can find that link in the show notes as well. Here's something nice to send you off with. A man named Rabbi Elchanan Miller is preserving the stories of Mizrahi Jews from Arab countries through his project, Jews of the Middle East. He interviews older Mizrahi Jews, and they share their experiences, having grown up in countries like Syria, Iraq, and Yemen before immigrating to Israel. The project aims to challenge misconceptions in the Arab world about Middle Eastern Jews and break stereotypes about Israeli society. Miller's videos are gaining popularity, especially in Syria, Iraq, and Saudi Arabia. The project is part of Miller's larger initiative called People of the Book, which educates the Arab world about Jewish faith and culture. I pulled out some quotes from the Haaretz article where I found this story, and I think that they're interesting. And he says this. There's this idea that Jews and Muslims lived together peacefully in the Middle East and that somehow Zionism destroyed the idyllic situation. One of the goals of this project is to explain that the situation was often more difficult and more intricate. There's a very common perception in the Arab world that Israel is this colonial outpost in the Middle East and that Middle Eastern Jews were tricked into coming to Israel. Here's another one. There are many positive and inspiring stories, but there are also stories about Jews who were persecuted and stripped 
of their citizenship in these countries. On my Facebook page, I'm getting the biggest number of hits from viewers in Syria and Iraq. And what's interesting is that the videos of Syrian Jews are getting watched primarily in Syria, and the videos of Iraqi Jews are getting primarily watched in Iraq. On YouTube, Saudi Arabia tops the list, end quote. Now, I'm going to tell you that the article went on to say that Saudi Arabia has not had a Jewish population in about 1,400 years, yet they have a big fascination with Jewish people since they seem so far into them, almost as if we are mythical creatures. And now for a Torah thought by Rabbi Yossi Madvig from Oswego, New York. This week's Torah portion is Parshat Pinchas. Pinchas was a zealot who went above and beyond to stop the Jewish people from engaging in immorality. Today is also the fast day of the 17th of Tammuz, where we begin the three weeks of mourning for the Beit HaMikdash, the Holy Temple, that was destroyed about 2,000 years ago. The Talmud tells us that the Temple was destroyed because of Sinat Chinam, baseless hatred, a lack of love of our fellow man. Therefore, the antidote to the destruction and prescription for bringing about the Messianic era and world peace is Ahavat Chinam, baseless love. And like Pinchas was a zealot to stop the immoral behavior of the Jews in the desert, we have to take a lesson from him and be zealots for loving each other to bring the redemption of the world, everlasting peace, and the third and final temple with the coming of Mashiach. Shabbat Shalom and have an easy fast. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Thursday, July 6th, 2023. Happy birthday to my twin sisters in the United States. Tel Aviv has a low of 24 degrees Celsius and a high of 29 degrees. That's 76 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 84 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. I want to give a big shout out to my interns, Maya Goodman and Dylan Jaffe. Thank you for your writing and your research. And I also want to give a big shout out to Michelle Milner, who manages our social media. I'll send you off today with a song called Seven Days a Week by Daniel Jacob. Have a great and productive day and an excellent weekend. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Take off on a ride. Since you want to catch a vibe. Drift through the waves, raise up time. Never felt so alive. So alive. So alive. So alive. Seven days a week. Love drive till she hit the peak. C'est la vie, mommy, man, I keep Be the loca, set you free You the lot, yeah, I got the key You the lot, yeah, I got the key